up, what up, what up? Welcome to the TMW Podcast. That's freaking wrestling. The best kept secret in wrestling podcast. Episode 87. One of my favorite numbers. Locked and loaded. Y'all know who we are. Three the hard way. Rhodesia is in the building. Ishan is in the building. I am in the building. I am Matt. Shout out, of course, to everybody who is listening and supporting the pod. Last pod, 86, is doing big numbers for us. So we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. If you've tweeted at us, if you tweeted, retweeted, quote tweeted any of our stuff, if you interacted with us on YouTube, uh, Instagram, anywhere and everywhere in person, we appreciate you guys. All right, real quick, shout out the socials. That's FNW on the Instagram and on X. That's freaking wrestling on YouTube. That is where you will find our full episodes twice a week, each and every week. So um, uh, let's start, I guess, with CM Punk again, right? That is the the news all over the place. WWE shared, and I know these numbers are, are not accurate now, but on Raw Monday night, uh, over 71 million views across all social media platforms. And his return video was the most viewed X video of all time for WWE. That is unreal. Unreal when you think about that. So I I had uh, tweeted last night. I said, and it may not even be a hot take. You guys tell me. Hot take. I, I think CM Punk has the most emotional connection than any other wrestler in history to the fan base. Would you say that's a hot take? Would you say that's not accurate? Would you say, yeah, it's common sense at this point, looking at some of these numbers that they're producing with them? I think it's hard to dispute that. If you just said it's the highest rating clip of all of WWE history, how can someone go against that? I think Cody probably could be a close second. Um, but yeah, I mean, the numbers history? don't lie. And that, well, we can't also can compare back like the Hogan days when social media didn't exist and the kind of stuff didn't exist. So I can only compare it to modern times. So I would say okay, that, so yeah, they're modern. Has some, yeah. Because I would imagine Hogan would probably be number one. I don't I think, think it's definitely think so. a take hmm. for sure. Okay. I think it's definitely a take. Um, but it's undeniable that he has a connection with fans. He's a polarizing character. I want to say maybe more accurate might be he's the most polarizing character in the world of wrestling ever. Absolutely. Right? People feel some type of way about CM Punk. And that's great. Because you want someone to feel some way about you, right? The the, mm-hmm. the worst thing is imp- is apathy, right? Especially mm-hmm. when it comes to a wrestler. Um, but I, I don't want to say that as far as connection. I think when you think about the Stone Colds, when you think about the Rocks, when you talk about the Ric Flairs, when you talk about the Boo Hogans, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. those are guys that definitely have resonated and had a connection for a generation of fans. But I don't think you I don't think it's a it's, it's a horrible take. You so know? then let me ask you then, because I thought about it, because my initial thought was biggest of all time, and I'm gonna stick to that. And then I then I thought about switching it last night to to where he's just saying, like, this modern time. But then I kind of switched it again because everybody you just named off, Austin, Rock, 
Hogan. They've all had a comeback. All their videos have been plastered on social media through their comeback through WWE, and nobody was even close. Hell, we just saw Rock come back to SmackDown a couple months ago. His numbers wasn't, wasn't this. Austin wrestled KO two years ago. His numbers wasn't this. So when I look at that, and, I, and it's not like X is growing, people have left X by the millions because of everything that's been going on over there over the last, you know, whatever it's been, six months or so. So that's why I'm like, man, like he has to, he just has a connection that you just can't describe. I saw people on social media Monday saying that they haven't watched Raw in ages and they're only watching Raw for CM Punk. Hell, one of our boys, Fines, he went with SummerSlam with us. He watched Raw. I don't know if he was impressed with what he saw, maybe outside the CM Punk thing, but he was locked in for it because of Punk. Um, you know, so with that being said, we got one night, our first night, Saturday came back and Monday is his first official night back. What'd you guys think of uh, his promo? Go ahead, Rhodesia. I'll be waiting. I don't, I mean, I I don't really. Okay. Um, well, I'll say again, we supposed to do the good sandwich, right? So we'll start off with something. No, we're not supposed to do it good. You're supposed to give it up. We don't. I can can speak for you if you want to. If you want to do that, if if we want to play this little sweet, nice thing again, no, I don't want to. I'm I'm just not. I'm just not a negative Nancy like you called me last week. Unless you're at home and the microphones aren't on and you give it up, but I guess because we got the microphones on, you got to act like you're so nice. She she was giving it up Monday. No, not no, no, I wasn't actually. That's a lie. If he says anything about AEW, no, that no, that's true. But after he did, I'm so fucking pissed. If he fucking (laughs) even says Tony. For any reason. If he says Khan, if he's talking about Nick. On site, right? I'm gonna fucking It's like, all right, man, relax. No, no. All I said all because I, I did pretty much right after that. Um no, I mean it, it was it was great. It was electric, it was fun. I was on probably pins and needles because I was because again, me just my feelings toward punk. I knew he was gonna say something and do something out of line. So I was just waiting for that shoe to fall. I mean, actually he impressed me. He he actually he didn't. Um, I know after they went off the air, he did his victory lap, which I think is is cool. I mean, that you're supposed to do that kind of stuff. You know, they did that to you. You could do that to them. My whole beef has always just been, don't do that where now the masses can see it because you're shitting on your own product. That's when I got, that's what started my my issue with Punk to begin with. You don't bury the other people you're working with in AEW. So the, what he did on Raw, that was perfectly fine. I actually thought it was good. What did you think about it, Matt? It was there. It wasn't what we thought we were going to get. And uh, word came out that Orton and Dom went longer in their match, so his promo got cut. But even with that, it was cool. It was okay. Like, was it worth me watching three hours of a Raw show that I would not have watched? No. I watched Raw, so that didn't matter to me. Um, I was impressed with the cadence of the show. I know we'll talk about Raw here in a few minutes. But um, I thought he said nothing but said a lot at the same time. Right. So if you look at WWE in just a bubble, if you look at the WWE universe, he spoke about why he left the first time, why he had to leave, spoke about why he's back, threw in some subliminal shots about who may not be happy that he's back, but the majority of people are are there to see him and he's happy to be there. That's enough for your first initial promo. Now, was it enough for your first initial CM Punk promo that maybe some of those folks hadn't seen him? Because if you look at those numbers, right? So if we look at when he debuted, I don't know what the raw ratings were. So we take social media out. I know that clip 
when he debuted, did millions of views on AEW social media. But if we look at just like ratings, they did 1.4 million, I believe it was, right? For Rampage, which they haven't kind of come close to hitting yet. Hell no. Nah. Since. So 1.4 million people watch that live. I'm going to have to assume the numbers will be much higher for this Raw, even though they went up against Monday Night Football. So there could be a world where there's a percentage of wrestling fans that hadn't seen Punk in nine years. I don't know how that's possible, but it's got to be a percentage. So Hell, if you're only Fonz. talking to them, if you're only talking to them, well, Fines has seen him on AEW. He keeps up with like social media, okay. YouTube and such. But like, so if, if I'm looking at, he's talking to that fan base, it was cool. Now for what we know and maybe what some people wanted, I didn't expect him at all to go out and talk about AEW. I didn't expect him to mention Tony Khan or mention the Bucks or anything like that. I did think we were going to get a little bit more in regards to just his story with WWE. I didn't think we were about to fast track to Seth. Like one of our guys, I forgot who it was. Shout out to you. My bad. Uh, we were uh, tweeting back and forth and he was like, I'm just ready for like punk and Seth. Like, let's get this thing going. All I need is a stare down. And I was like, whoa, man, slow down. Like we got to get this <laughs> thing to at least the rumble. I'm hoping mania, but there, there's some word out there that it may be at the rumble, but we got, we got, we got a few months to, to get there. So you don't want to go too quick. So overall, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool for night one. I always find it interesting when you listen to uh, the, the marks online, get so riled up about the promo being bad and it didn't live up to, like, I'm not sure what people expect. If you really watch these shows and you're a fan of wrestling, like, how can you be so off base on a lot of different? Of course, that's the kind of promo he's going to hit. You think he's going to sit there and run down AEW? Like, why? Why would WWE feel the need to do that on their TV? Mm-hmm. Why, why did it? Why would their fan base need to hear about Tony Khan or any of those kind of things people are kind of throwing out there? Like, why? It's about punk and the WWE universe. Now, what I will say, I thought it was fascinating. Because we all know the history. We we heard the podcast back in the day with, <laughs> you know, him and Colt. And he and Colt beat out. Right? Punk, like, CM Punk got that man, you know, uh, fired from AEW. Right? Those, that's, that was a scuttle, but that's what he thought. Or what was being said about him. <laughs> Right, and everything Punk said about the company, even more re- we're talking about, he was talking about the company, uh, calling the snakes and things of, nat- of that nature at the at a Comic Con. It was like a year, a year and a half ago, wasn't yeah. it? To now hear him on a Monday Night Raw saying, I'm home, like, wow, mm-hmm. like, wow, mm-hmm. right? The same company that. You know, you came out on your return to wrestling a couple years ago, said, stole your love and joy of pro wrestling. He stopped being a pro wrestler when he joined that company. That's how much he hated that company. And that was just a year ago. To come back now and say, I love you, I miss you, and I'm home. That kind of reminds me like a a girl. There it is. That's what I was about to say. One hundred percent. 
One hundred percent. She, she, like you know, you, you, like you, you did her wrong. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. You know, but y'all, you had a, a breakup, bad. Or breakup. she did, or she did you wrong. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. Maybe she didn't. Right. And and now you're the worst person ever. You ain't this. You ain't that. I never want to see that man again. Until you do. Now I love you. I love you. I need you. That's all I heard last night. I I can't believe y'all comparing that to a woman leaving a boyfriend. Or a man, because it's love is what it is. And you know what they say, it's it's a thin line between love and hate. It's a thin line between love and hate. Good movie too, by the way, wasn't it? If you, classic movie. Super good. Classic movie. So if you take him for his word, and who knows, he may have been working last night. Right? Because we saw Seth come out and say, hey, they started chanting CM Punk, which I love. And he's like, yeah, get out your system. It'd be last time I talk about that hypocrite. Mm. Right. Love that. Love that and then line. for Punk to come out and be a hypocrite, if you look at it at face value, that entire promo could be working. Maybe he doesn't feel that way at all. But maybe do he think, does feel that way. I, I think, think he does feel that way, though, because even I mean, we're talking like uh, Punk. No, Punk. Okay. Even we're talking like legit 100 percent real life. He reached out to WWE, not the other yeah. way around. So we know WWE did him wrong when he was there and yeah we also know he was butthurt and jaded by the rock coming in and taking the main event slot that he thought he should have had would take her that mania all of that you know his infection and he was still out there working every single night we we know that story i, I, I think a lot of that is it's it was his feelings and it's, he's burnt out i think he was burnt out he was in his feelings and you know it'd be interesting if he ever says you know says because you know i never knew as a big of a cody fan as I am, I never knew that Cody admired Triple H as much as he did. I never knew that. Right? I I only knew it when he started going at H so hard when mm-hmm. he left WWE. Like breaking the throne, it's like okay, that's admiration, right? Like and, oh, you and, you want that? And I wonder did CM Punk have some type of admiration for Triple H, and he felt he was being snubbed by someone he? You never know. But I gotta ask you guys this because this is when I when I listen to the promo because I the facts are the facts. Mm-hmm. He's back. He's under contract again, so obviously this is a place that he wanted to be, for whatever the case may be. But did that did that promo seem genuine to you? I like it. It might have been, but when I'm listening to like the cadence, it didn't seem. It almost sounded like a heelish promo. Like at some point he's gonna turn or something like that. Did, did, Man, is that just me? I would say that I, I felt when I heard it, it was definitely not scripted by WWE. Now, did he script it himself? Maybe. But I, I felt like it wasn't scripted by WWE. And one thing that I did not like about his promo was he this line of him saying, you know, he's moved the bar as far as the best of the world in the ring, on the mic, and even on commentary. And to me, it's like, why? Because you've announced a few MMA fights that you're like the shit on commentary. I've never listened to any of his calls on MMA, I might say, so I'm ignorant in that statement. But I know what he was saying when he when he threw that shot. But like, I don't think you're probably the best in the ring anymore in WWE. I'm just be completely honest with you. He's what, 39, 40 years old? Maybe a little bit older than that. Probably he now. may be 43, I think, or somewhere up yeah, there. I, 43, 45, sure, somewhere. I'm quite sure some other guys can go better than you in a ring. So to me, I felt like maybe it was scripted, his scripted of it. Maybe he didn't just go speak from his heart, like how I felt maybe Randy went out and spoke from his heart. So I think it was scripted for him, not by WWE. So maybe that's probably where some of that genuosity, if that's a word, 
Let me tell you something, Rhodesia. Let me tell you something, Rhodesia. Real quick, man. Let me tell you something, Rhodesia. Can't nobody tell me that I don't have the illest three-point shot in the world. Can't nobody tell me that. I have the best, the wettest jumper in the world. I've, I've ain't nobody stopping my three-point shot. You, <laughs> yes, you can't can tell stop. me nothing. I can stop your three-point shot. You can't shot. tell me nothing. My three-point <laughs> shot D, is immaculate. My D can stop your, your, your three-point shot, sir. It's immaculate. <laughs> sir, I can close my me. eyes and hit that ask shot anywhere me. on the court. Like, right? Why ask not? You got to be your biggest fan. Yeah. You got to be and, your biggest fan, right, and, man? And, and, and don't forget. So I'll give you the ring. No, but no. But don't forget. No, don't forget his slogan is best in the world. His point of saying that is there's a lot of people here who think they're the best in the world. But you can't say you're the best in the world when the best in the world wasn't here. Now let's step up. I love but that. But then line. don't. But then don't I thought that was fantastic. In, don't bring in the commentary part. Corey Graves. Corey Graves. I, Grace. I know. I know that part yeah. of who yeah. he was making the shot at. But you're not better than Corey Graves on on commentary wrestling. So you don't know hey, that. Chill. You just, you just, just say you, hey, you just say you ain't shots. Right. Shots. I said in May. You said in May. I'm talking about pro wrestling. I think Punk is probably the best commentary I've ever heard. Oh my god. Hey, hey, shots and shots though. Hey, when you until Punk does something again and get fired and or cause some drama, somebody said it's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great moment when he shows up at All Out 2025. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when you talking, when you talking trash, nothing is off uh, off off limits. Of course not. <laughs> Talk your stuff, man. No, I didn't have a problem with that at all. So, and that's what I was saying, E, about was it was he working or not? I believe everything he said was genuine. Either he was genuinely working, or that's how he felt. When he says like I'm I'm home, I believe that 100. percent I believe I do, that because believe he wants that. to be there. Yep, I, believe, I believe he's happy to be there. Once again, he reached out. What I think was, and we probably can all agree, he was burnt out. They fired him on his wedding day. He was fucking over it with WWE. AEW comes, reignites his passion for pro, pro wrestling. That goes sideways pretty quick. This ain't what I'm used to. I am used to stars and organization. certain type of treatment and organization <laughs> and not high school type. He said, I work with cattle. children. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think he's like, man, I'm over this shit. And yeah. then I think when he had a chance to get back to WWE and let's also not forget, this is a completely different WWE than sure. what it was nine years ago. Speaking mm-hmm. of Corey Graves, he just had 12 days off or whatever it was for having a baby. Back then you had nine years days? ago. You hit two days. You may have gotten that raw show off or that that first show you're supposed to, but you back at work that next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told Vince Russo famously, "Hey, uh, he was like, yo, I need to, you know, be home with the my my family. They never see me." And he was like, "Vince, you making enough money? Get a nanny." There it is. <laughs> it's just a different because that that's how Vince was. Vince was like, if I'm working every single second, like y'all can't do. It's work not work. Yeah. We're having a good time here. So it's also a completely different world too. Um, but I, I am so intrigued. So I, I came out of, so the promo was what it was, right? It was good. Okay. It was a good promo, but I came out of it more intrigued than if he would have did his sit down in Indian style and blasted whoever on the mic, you know, say if he went right at Seth and gave us five minutes on, you've been calling me out, you know, for years, blah, blah, blah. I'm more intrigued by just what we got Monday night than if he would have done that. So it's a win. Uh, interested to see what the numbers are. I know they've, I think, already done like 1.6 million or something in, in views on it since Monday night. Um, so I'm ready for it. Before we get to Orton, you, you brought up the fire piece, E. It came out after our last podcast that 
So what happened was on Monday, a lot of AEW wrestlers were like showing support for AEW. And I was like, you just hit, you just kinda... hit us with a what had happened was, but go ahead. Yeah, because <laughs> I was like, that's kind of interesting. Like, all right. I mean, I get it because Punk left. Okay, I get that. But to me, it was like a little like hard handed with it. And then Brian Danson does a, a tweet that basically just says like, you got to do what's right. Um, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. Then come to find out, and I got to get your guys' thoughts on this. Sean, Rapp, Sean Ross Sapp reported this. Brian Danielson headed up the disciplinary committee that ultimately decided to terminate CM Punk for AEW. Should a active in-ring performer be on a committee that can vote, help, deter, terminating an active in-ring performer. Can I just backtrack just one quick moment? When Tony came out in Chicago and said that he was let go, that it was ultimately his decision, I was under the impression that this disciplinary committee was comprised of attorneys. So maybe it was in addition. NHR. So what meets my eye, no. An active wrestler should not have say in what another active wrestler career should look like or not look like for that matter. But I also believe that wrestlers' opinions do matter when -hmm. it comes to that locker room. But if Brian, I always had the impression, I don't know this for a fact, I thought Brian came over to AW kind of more than just a wrestler in in the capacity of also maybe like a consultant or advisor or like a producer. So Not initially. Not initially. Nope. Not from the booty. Yeah, he just, now remember he was there for the wrestlers, like him and Regal, they would show up, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock, Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, hit that ring, and anybody wants to come in and train and pick their brains, they were there for that. But that wasn't in any type of official capacity of anything more than just contracted wrestlers. If Brian was part of this committee and this committee let go of CM Punk, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, depending on who else was on this committee. Now, if you're saying that Brian's decision swayed it, then yeah, that could be a conflict of interest. But at the end of the day, Tony already came out and told us that it was his decision alone that he use the disciplinary committee to help advise them. But I, I have no problem with it. Initially, when you said that, I'm like, yikes, no, no active wrestler should have anything to say. That's like another one of my counterpart peers gets me fired. Why are you letting that person who's on the same level as me get me fired? Um, but again, if it's a whole, like a whole team, who knows? They may have asked all of the veterans there how they felt. We don't actually know, do we? No, not that I've seen. Um, but, oh, then what's the difference also? I'm going to then getting what you call it fired. Call Cabana fired. He didn't get called fired. He, he said he did. He did. He said he did. Come on, he, come yeah. on y'all. Uh, real, real quick, e, so what the tweet said, my dad always told me the right thing is often the hardest thing to do. It won't always make the most money. It won't always be the most popular, but it's still the right thing. And he put hashtag AW, then put a heart emoji. And what Sean Ross Sapp said was that was almost verbatim what he heard Brian said when it was time to make the decision about firing Punk. And Brian and Punk are on really good terms too. So, or were I don't I don't, I don't even think Punk now? even yeah no yeah, even now I don't think Punk I think Punk knew you once again if he choked out the devil Jack Perry 
and he tells Tony Khan, I fucking hate this place, and I'm going to kill you too when I get back from this match with Samoa Joe. I think he knew he was going to get fired. So there's that. You know, when uh, I saw the tweet and you asked about it, um, I had a couple questions first. Like, what are the parameters of this committee, right? Because if it's like a legal type of a team, typically like within the company, that would be HR, um, that would be some type of management, et cetera, that would make that decision. Now, would you get input from wrestlers? Sure, but ultimately, especially with the fiasco that happened at the um the brawl out mm-hmm. um you know like they you know there was a lot of legalities they couldn't have uh make certain statements have conversations etc so you would think about this type of incident especially if it involved the owner of the company that it would be a similar situation you want to have a legal department um on hand along with hr to make sure things are done correctly so the fact that a wrestler was ahead of something, maybe this was just something else. Like, right? Maybe this was a uh AEW's version of uh wrestler's court. Like, right? Like, hey, considering what went down and how it went down and the history and what's going on within the locker room, do we want CM Punk in our locker room? Like, and is CM Punk causing an issue within our locker room and ultimately, you know, uh you know, creating discord, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what it is, right? And like, hey, Tony's like, hey, do you as wrestlers, you know, does a locker room want him in the company anymore? And then Tony made his decision based off their recommendation, based on other factors like HR and other things. If that's what it is, I mean, if I, you know, I understand, like, right? If the general consensus was like, hey, Punk needs to be gone. Like, right, he's fracturing this locker room. It just is what it is. They made that call. They made that decision. I'm okay with that because, like, you know, that happens in in a lot of sports and teams. Yeah. Like, hey, man, this dude, he, hey, he's he's a, hey, this dude ain't working out in the locker room. A change has to be made. Like, that's happened multiple times. And he's voted out. It's what they it is. They need to do that for the Detroit Pistons. Mm. Who you voting Detroit out? Detroit Weaver? Man, GM got to go. Owner got to go. You got you keep Monty because Monty inherited this, but man, we need some holes. I it, told man. you, hey, I told you guys last year, get rid of that mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. Like, no, give him, a, give him a chance. No, I'm I not. Thought, I thought, no. I thought he was going to course correct properly this summer, and, and he so, didn't. Hey, you know we can see. There's a thing: the leopard doesn't change their spots, not on their own. Like, right? People don't change unless. Change is forced upon him, right? So if you see us, and this can this can kind of correlate with you know punk, like right? If people have a certain history of behavior, you know they're not going to change unless they're forced to change, right? Um, so it'd be very interesting to see how punk moves forward with WWE. I honestly don't think we're going to have any of these problems that we're going to see. Um, you were kind of you, you can tell you can tell with that promo last night that that was a different promo that was more structured promo then he's cut at any point in AEW, right that was a very structured one yeah man like he he's not going to roman and like pulling any of that like that's just not happening um i, I don't i don't have a problem with, with the brian thing i think initially when i saw it i was like, i don't know if russell should be on that kind of committee but then i'm like well we're talking about brian danielson which i don't i've never heard one bad thing about brian 
from any professional wrestler. So like his respect level and knowing that he's on up and up and he's only here for business and help everybody probably had something to do with that. I mean, that's probably why he's in the position he is now with really having Tony's ear. So I, I don't have an issue with it. It just, it just, it did kind of throw me off though, because that kind of came out of nowhere. But then knowing that that tweet yesterday is kind of what spurred. Okay. Evidently Sean Ross figuring out, like, let me just make sure to validate this is how it all went down. And then he, you know, released the story. But it's, uh, very, it's very concerning, though, and I got a couple other things that I think is very concerning with that company we'll get to later on, but I'm with you on that, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, as we always say, we'll see, right, what happens next to Punk. I don't, I don't think he's advertised for SmackDown. I know Orton is, but I don't know if that's going to be a dark match or he's actually going to be on TV because they got to they gotta split some of these folks up. You can't have Cody, Jay, Orton, and CM Punk on Raw. Woo. Some of that stuff. We gotta we gotta flip. We gotta switch some of this stuff up. Uh so let's talk about Orton. And then of course we can talk about anything else that we, you know, saw from Raw that we wanted to get into. It was for me uh so beautiful to see Orton and even Saturday at Survivor Series because you can tell how much he was enjoying it. But really on Monday, he comes out to open the show, and what I thought was I know I think I tweeted like this is what gratitude looks like, but even more so than that, like when life humbles you in a positive way, that's a life changing, beautiful thing. We're all old enough to have seen Orton's first match, right? Rhodesia and I was in Toronto hey, against Benoit at SummerSlam when he won his first champion. He was the youngest WWF champion of all time at the time. And just know he was taking that for granted. We've heard those horror stories about him allegedly backstage, how he just thought everything was supposed to come to him on a silver platter, you know, lack of respect in time. So to see that and then to see somebody who thought they may not ever do this again and how much they love it. Hell, leaving Survivor Series and there's a video of him, you know, throwing the tent up saying 10 more years of doing this which is unreal if you think about that. But to see him like just take in that moment of signing autographs, going to the ring on TV, that's typically a no-no. You know, waiting that extra few seconds to hit his pose because he hasn't hit it in a year and a half. Like, that's beautiful. Like, that's incredible to see that and to see somebody to still have their wits about him. It's not like he's 60-plus and this is a, a mania run and he's coming back for mania and that's it. No, he's back in the fold now. I just thought that was like, out of everything that I saw, Monday around Orton, I was like, man, that's like so damn cool to be able to see that and know that we've seen his entire career from day one on WWE main roster to now. You mentioned words like beautiful and humbled. And my word I have for that is enlightened. When he came out to the ring and like you said, before he hit struck his pose, it was almost like he's just an enlightened person. Like life has changed. And we see that all too often with a lot of the people who come back after injury, who's over 30, over 35. It's just something that that they see life differently. So that is just the, all the energy that I got from him. I'm happy he actually started off the show. Um, I even thought to myself, hey, I actually might become a Super Randy fan after this. Or at least this. Let's go. Because you, you also was a, oh, I don't know if the yeah, fans of the pod know this. Yeah. E, you know this, right? Rudy is, is an Orton hater too? 
I don't know who she likes, to be honest with you. I'm not she, she likes, she told you already, Roman, 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 Roman. And I think Jay Dylon, Dylon, has Dylon. like kind of gotten that fifth spot now. Oh, wait, that, whoa, that, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I didn't have this in my notes, but yeah, this is the perfect time to bring it up. Osprey's great fans. Wait, this is the, and hold on, this wasn't even on my notes for Raw Talk. We got to give it up to Mr. Drew McIntyre and his black boxers. I thought, I thought, Will Ospreay and his gray sweatpants was the truth. When I saw when I when that when that kilt fell down to the ground, and I'm like, wait, his kilt's on the ground. I looked up and I saw him in his black boxers. Woo, woo, Chile, man! I was like, okay, wow. (laughs) But I digress. Jeez, old Pete. So he's a married Mm. man, right? So okay, let me not. And you're a married woman. (laughs) I am. You know. Oh my god. Anyway, um, so yeah, so so back to Orton and and <laughs> how he came across and what he did. What you guys think about him uh putting that line in the sand saying, All right, if you're down with the bloodline, I'm I'm coming. Oh, and then I thought it was cool too, which was funny. I I, I and I guess maybe he may have been telling the truth. And he gets in his promo, he's like, and nobody's telling me what to do. And I was like, damn, that's a shot at Triple H. Like, because you know, that's the first time we've seen him. Under the Triple H regime, I'm like, oh shit, Triple H, you gonna have your hands full, and then come find out H wasn't even at the show. What he was, he was, he was attending to other business. So Bruce Pritchard ran the show. <laughs> so he's talking to Bruce. <laughs> I think he's talking to Bruce. Like I run this shit. I'm going long against Dom. Don't nobody tell me what to do. Sorry, Wait, Phil. Other, <laughs> other other business. Stephanie knows in town shows mm-hmm. up. You know, I mean, maybe he has yeah that kind of business to tend to, right? Go to vacay, yeah. Could be, could like, be. You know, yeah. like, look, I gotta look. Wife, wife's here. <laughs> I gotta do what I gotta do. <laughs> so, are y'all um, where are, are y'all? Do you do you want Orton on Raw? Do you want him on SmackDown? After seeing him last night, you know they they gave him something to do with Judgment Day. I thought him and Rhea, of mm-hmm. course, was great. And for a second, I'm like, here comes the RKO, and I was like, nope, mm-hmm. you don't give it mm-hmm. away yet. Yeah, I so thought I was that like, for nope. a moment. Yeah, yep. So what do you guys want to see from from Orton now that we've seen him on Raw? Do you want to see him go on SmackDown and then kind of figure it out? Or do you already know where you want him at? I don't know where I want him at, but maybe after his line about anybody in the bloodline or associated with the bloodline is on site. He really didn't say on site, but you know what I mean? I was like, okay, well, maybe he has has to go over to um, SmackDown because Jay came up to him and said, hey, listen, I'm sorry. I apologize. He checked his temperature quick, didn't he? He's he like, hey, man, look, he's like, hold on, hold on, look, man, I'm out the bloodline, dude. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, man, but look, a couple months ago, I left them. Yeah. <laughs> he made sure he made sure his name was clean. Like, listen, no, do we got any more beef? Like, you saw, he looked at him like, and then they came in with the dap and hug and all that. But um, uh-huh. he has to, and I, I'm I'm okay with that. I like that. Maybe throw him at solo a little bit. I could see some fun action between the two of them. I got a couple of raw thoughts. You guys still. Talking about Orton, I just want to segue real quick. Maybe not real quick, but it just popped in my mind right now. But you we got talked about it. SmackDown. We talked okay. about SmackDown. And I'm like, man, like, I thought maybe Randy Orton could go there. I feel like they need some help. And I don't know why I feel that way, but when I watched the show Raw, that is, last night. Okay. And, you know, Seth held up the title and said he's the best world champion or the best champion. In, in wrestling right now, right? And I, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, like, hmm, I don't know, Seth. I think Guther might got you. Then I thought to myself, like, wow, maybe at some point we get a Gunther versus Seth match and some kind of unification or not unification, maybe, you know, uh, you know, like, is, is, 
is Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. You know, title both titles on the line. Winner take all is what I'm looking for, right? Yeah. I'm like, because Steph is a working champion. Guthner certainly is a working champion. But I thought about SmackDown. Well, damn, we got one champion who shows up twice a year to defend. We got Logan Paul, who I ain't seen defend the title once and has been off the show for a minute. I'm like, damn. Like, we ain't got no defending champions over there. We ain't got no working champions on that blue brand. What can we do to remedy that, right? And I don't mm-hmm. know if Randy Orton is going to solve that issue unless he's going to be the next up for uh, Logan Paul and he becomes a U.S. champion. Um, but I would love to see somebody go over to that brand and make those titles mean something. Because right now, they're just props to me. So you know what they could do? Uh, have him go to SmackDown. And have him challenge Roman at, at the Rumble. I can see him at the Rumble, yeah. So then you don't have to have Randy in the Rumble. We yep. know Randy's not going to win the Rumble. Yeah. Right? So and don't then, even put him in it. Have him. And you can yeah. tell a really good story for five, six weeks or so mm-hmm. with Randy, to your point, where he's just taking out Solo. Mm-hmm. Taking out Jimmy. And there's only one left. Yeah. I've been gone because of you guys. And now you got to come eat this, Roman. And you do that. So, man, like, I mean, if you think about what the Rumble could be, Cody wins the Rumble, and if they if they don't wait and do Punk Seth, you go Punk Seth, Roman Randy, and Cody winning the Rumble. Man, that is a. I, I was telling Rodiza watching Raw, so like the way the way they did the Raw show. First thing you see is Orton, right? So he leads off top of the first hour, end of the first hour, or you know top of the second hour is Cody. End of the second hour, top of the third hour is Seth. Mm-hmm. End of the third hour is CM Punk. Man. And that's, Gunther wasn't in a prominent spot. Becky Lynch wasn't in a prominent spot on that show. Like, you just look, they, it's an embarrassment of riches. Mm. And like, you know, but, but to your point with, with SmackDown, I think you do put them there. And then you have, now you have that that you can nurture, you know, for a couple months. And then, I mean, you still got the women killing it. Like, EO's a fighting champion. You know, so you got the, the Becky, hopefully the Becky and, and Charlotte story being told. You still got Bianca over there. We still got LA Knight over there. I know Logan Paul is scheduled to be there on Friday. I don't know how mm-hmm. often. He made a comment a couple of weeks ago, and we know he's always working, so who knows, where he says, like, he ba- he's basically done with boxing. Ain't no money in boxing. He's, so he's a full-time wrestler now. I don't know, <laughs> like, if he's telling the truth or not. But if he's there, you know, semi-regularly, he's another massive name mm-hmm. that they have at their disposal but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I do think that orton probably should go to smackdown yeah because he already he said that he drew like the line in the sand that he's going for the bloodline and anybody yep. associated with him so that's a perfect perfect way to send him off it would be to give uh it's like you said give randy and roman something to do before hopefully we get roman and cody at uh mania we do. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how long. Do we know how long Punk's contract is? Does they just said multi-year. Multi-year. This is multi-year, yep. right? But we know that for the next couple of years, we can have some really nice POEs and main events, right? With these, it's, we, we talked about before Punk came back, like they have so many guys at the top of the card right now that you can see. You know, we, we talked about a couple of years ago that, you know, when Roman wrestled, we didn't really see many people that can dethrone him. Mm-hmm. I think if Roman was hot as he was a year or so ago, we got a couple people now. We got, you know, now we got CM Punk. Or 
or even to that point, if we knew Roman wasn't holding the title for Cody, right? Like say there was no Cody Rhodes and completing sure. the story and what happened at Mania, we probably could name five or six people that right now, if you were to put him in a, um, you know, Rumble, uh, SummerSlam, WrestleMania main event, you'd be like, oh yeah, Roman's probably going to drop that. Yeah. So they're doing it. They're, they're doing, they're doing fantastic. They're taking their time telling these stories. So I'm, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited. Like just thinking about who they have. And it's crazy because only two people came back, but it felt like, Three people, come on, we gotta give it up for truth now. I was about to say, okay, that. my don't, bad. Don't my, I'm, not, right. I'm not truth done recapping Raw. My I'm bad. I'm not done recapping Raw. My okay? bad. Gotta give it the truth. Truth say he's trying to get into war games. Let's go. Look like he's, <laughs> man, that man, that man's 51 years old, y'all. Looking killing it. Great. Yep. Looks great. And, he, and his, performance at, his performance at war games? Mm. Dude. My, my man said, how'd I do? <laughs> truth, you wasn't in war games, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta love truth, man. I, uh, I I told myself I said I think he is probably the, my favorite character in wrestling, and when I mean character, I mean like that caricature, that favorite of of well, how long? I think it completely shot and skyrocketed when he got with Carmella, and she did some good stuff with them too. Um, when they would do dance breaks and stuff like that, who'd have thought mm-hmm. dance breaks would get over, um, and stayed over for so long as long as it did. Um, ever since then. I'm like, I always like K quick to begin with, but then when he became this R Truth, I'm like, okay, this this guy is hilarious. The only time he ran a, a little thin with me, and it wasn't because of him, but it was the 24 7 title. I didn't oh, find awesome. much. I, yeah, fun. I love the 24 7 title. I didn't. I hated it. I loved I hated it. it. I love um, the 24 7 title. But like his stuff is always good, and his stuff is like weekly. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, yes, three returns. Hey, hey put him on SmackDown. Yeah. Put him on SmackDown. Put him on SmackDown, too. Have him go against Solo a few times, too. <laughs> that ain't going to be good for him. That ain't going to be good for <laughs> that him. Ain't gonna but, be good. but that's okay, though. <laughs> um, um, Shinsuke. Yes. Finally. He was, he, he was shooting at Cody this entire time. Finally. Finally. Like how y'all, would, y'all, would y'all feel about a, what, a six-week, five-week Cody and Shinsuke build? Actually, it probably could be more than that. Call back Put to it right in your veins. Yep. Put it right in your you, veins. Remember a few episodes ago. Yep. You're getting me excited over here. <laughs> we'll Put that, that right in my veins, on. baby. Put that right in my veins. Because I, even uh, though I didn't want to believe it, for a second, I did think Shinsuke was talking about Punk. But we found out, nope, he's talking about Cody. How perfect is it? She knows, you know, she knows what it sounds like. You see, she tried to just like skate all over it. Because have a, we have a pod to do here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> No, I'll be, be putting in. I'll be putting in work. Listen, oh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> my bad. I'm just. My bad. Y'all, y'all right. can get all this. You're right. My bad. You're right. But nine ninety nine a month on <laughs> on the upcoming OnlyFans. My bad. You were talking about uh, Shinsuke, Shinsuke and Cody. Oh man, you made me lose my train of thought. Um, yeah, <laughs> we got. We got. You're here for it. <laughs> If you're here for it. I'm you going said, to go out. I'm said, going to go out on a limb and say E is not here for it. I'm not here. You you said something about you wanted Matt to put it in you or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I'll put my head down and decide I was going to edit it out of the pot. So no. why are you not into Shinsuke versus Cody E? Oh, it's fine. It's fine. That's it. Yeah, it's just fine. I'm watching it. 
Okay. I, I just, you know, it's like, uh, you know, we, for some of the same reasons why Seth and Shinsuke wasn't, I gave that a chance. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like, I like you're doing something with Nakamura. I think this is probably the best version of Nakamura we've seen in some time. Um, but I'm still not super interested in the character. And I know Cody's going to beat that ass. Um, so, but it's fine. I mean, it, Cody needs something to do. We got to right. get that man exactly in, mm-hmm. a, in, in, in some kind of a story, right? He can't just be coming out there. He's almost like the politician come out there, you know, he kiss a couple of babies, shake a couple of hands, he waves to the crowd and he send him back out. Right. Um, we need him to do a little bit more than that. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I, I was fine with it when he, when he said Cody's name, because we have punk. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, and yeah. if we didn't have Punk and it was cool, I was like, that was dumb. Like, mm-hmm. that could have been CM Punk spot. Right. Uh, yeah, and, you know, you hit him with the miss. I'm cool with it because I'm like, okay, that's that's a good, more so for Shinsuke because, you know, he came off of losing to Seth twice and then he had a real quick feud with Ricochet, it felt like, and that kind of just, like, stopped out of nowhere. And he started with these promo videos and we know who he's talking about. I'm like, all right, okay. I'm like, cool, that takes us to rumble season i'm good i'm good with that and we don't have a pay-per-view so i'm guessing we're going to get the blow off on a raw show where they'll hype it up you know uh what would they say seth is going against jay next monday jay for the title well we know for what's the, gonna happen there but which is what jay's not gonna win the title is that if that means to, that means is that due to drew, drew mcintyre interference or what could absolutely and we can't mm-hmm. not not talk about that headbutt that drew almost Knocked his own self out. He wasn't playing baseball, so it wasn't a bunt, but it was a headbutt. But how you spell it? But how you spell it? H. You know, start do that noise again. You were doing B U T T. That's how you spell it. It's a headbutt. Headbutt. It should be a bunt. Why would it be a bunt? It's like because you bunted it. You've you always bunt- thought that movie yes. is called so, a headbutt. So listen, so here, so listen. <laughs> no way. I have my baseball in my hand, bat, in my hand, and if I do the little bunt, that's how his head. <laughs> wait, 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 on, wait. This on the is, title. You, that's a shoot. You thought that you was head. I thought it was a bunt. So why would it be called a headbutt? That doesn't even make any oh sense. Oh my a head god! Butt, so that is hilarious. I learned that, that is hilarious. It's a headbutt, like a, like you bunted the ball. You, he bumped I mean, his head on the, on the title. I've known Mine's Rudy Joe all my life. Sense. And I learned something new every podcast. It's like, you know, wow. But, it, but if we talk <laughs> about <laughs> what would make more sense. Oh, head, my God, man. butt does not. Oh, man. She, and it says a headbutt is a targeted this. strike with the head, typically involving the use of a robust parts of the head butcher's cranium as the area of impact. The most effective headbutts. What? We ain't done a Rhodesia like Google moment in like 30 shows. She brought it back. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. No, never mind. Sorry. Oh, you know what it is? So the the ad, the verb word of a headbutt is actually headbunting. B-U-N-T-I-N-G. Just so you know. Oh, so you do that, right? So you just just shorted it. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Headbutt. So I'm not doing the verb of it. I'm just doing it. Head, but anyway, oh, point it, whatever. This show is just. I said I was going to retire until Punk it's leaves. All, I think this is just all a disaster. It's off the rails. <laughs> I almost closed out of this, <laughs> this recording too by accident. Trying to close out my Google search. Oh my God, man. So, no, so you guys, you gave, you gave us a moment. We appreciate it. So, guys, what did you guys think about the overall 
um, Raw show? Uh, for me, for me, it was um, the stories of those hours like I talked about. Beginning, first hour, end of the first hour. That was the show. Mm-hmm. In terms of matches, Ivar and Reed killed it, I yeah. thought. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was fantastic. I like the gauntlet match. I don't know if they call it the gauntlet match, but I'm calling yeah. it the gauntlet match. The I love team. the tag gauntlet match. Yep. That was that was pretty awesome. Um, the Cree brothers, they're pushing them something crazy, which, again, mm-hmm. I had no, nothing against mm-hmm. it. Um, so I'm happy to see that. For sure, but overall, no. I thought I thought Raw was two thumbs up. I was awake for it and alert from beginning to end. You know, the tag team. You know, and shouts out to Fonzie. He popped me a little bit. He said that he called it the tag team. Y'all were into Invitational <laughs> yeah. Tournament, mm-hmm. yeah. something of that nature. That hurt my feelings a little. Good. You know, I thought about something. So this show, we haven't seen the ratings for the show yet, have we? No, I can Not I can yet, check right? real quick to see. But I would imagine this is one of the shows that have the most eyes and kudos to WWE, man. They, they, man, they know how to structure and set up a TV show. They knew this show was going to have eyes on it and they made people tuning in for the first time in a while, tuning in for years or tuning in just in general. They made you sit through a whole three hour show to get to the main event, which is CM Punk's first promo back on WWE TV. Great business. I right. Do you think though, hindsight looking back, should they have really, really pumped that show for main event talent? Should we seen a Becky match? Should we have seen a Cody match? Should we have really seen that? So to your point, if anybody's watching this show that haven't watched it, they're like, all right, I gotta lock in. Cause I don't know if anybody who watched Raw, say they haven't say they don't watch WWE or they don't watch Raw at all. I don't know if there was enough besides Seth and Jay teaser for next week. I don't know if there was enough for them to say, oh, man, I got to come back next Monday and watch. Here's Matt again. Always still in my thunder. My bad. Exactly where, that's exactly where I'm going. He's like still in show, my topics. <laughs> I, I, I ain't never bring up no head bun. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, I'm yeah, still looking yeah, it up no on the internet bunny. right now, too. Just no like I bet you are. I, I but swear to God, I'm over here looking over When you watch that show, and the way they kind of load, loaded up, I don't know if they did enough to kind of keep those people coming back, like the mm-hmm. the 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 Fonzies of the world, to keep them watching the show. Because when I think about WWE in the past, and even in Triple H's uh, run of creative, there's a lot of long WWE style TV matches, and that's exactly what that tag team turmoil match was. It was a long TV match, and typically. It's with guys who are lukewarm to kind of cold. And they're putting these long form WWE style matches. And I'm not sure if that tag team turmoil match, and especially as long as it was, really brought in viewers and made them keep, keep going. And because I saw a couple of guys who tuned in to Raw for, for the first time in a while. And they were just saying, like, ah, you know, the wrestling isn't up to par to AEW. I saw someone say, go as far as say that they think that WWE does a great job telling stories outside the ring, but AEW does a better job of telling stories inside the ring. I'm like, what? AEW Hmm. tells a better job of telling a story through what high spot, through what no sell, through, through, like, like, what I will say. 
is that I think the AW matches are faster paced. They have more high spots, right? Mm-hmm. With the WWE style, I think they are trying to tell a story with that tag team match. It was evident story that they were telling with that match with the Creed brothers. They're trying to get those guys hot, right? They're trying to show you the struggle and 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 the and the thrive and them overcoming to get that win. And they did it, right? They showed they showcased their athleticism. They had some great spots, but you had to tell a struggle so you can get the you can get invested in seeing those guys win the match. I, I get all that, but for me as a viewer, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of bored. Uh, you know, I was, you know, sitting in the urgent care. I'm watching the match. I'm already kind of half tired. And while maybe if I were sitting to come from my own home, maybe I might have gotten into the slow paced storytelling that was demonstrating that match. But how many guys who haven't watched wrestling a long time tune into that match and say, oh, this is what I need to see more of? What if that match was a little bit faster paced and they got to the story a little bit sooner so you can kind of get those guys coming back? Well, What's so, so, but okay. So, real quick, then, religious. Um, let's also not forget, Punk just signed on Saturday, right? Like legit. So this wasn't like planned. So you, I, I guess, what I said earlier, maybe you don't do that because then I'll be knee jerk, high shotting. It's saying, well, oh, now let's, we let's go back. Uh, d- your, your uncle Dave said he was signed ten days ago. Okay, uh, um, that's your uncle. He needs to be head bunted. Uncle- um, so I don't know. Oh, I got something for that for y'all too. Just so you know. I don't know if you do that. So yes, the the show itself overall was it a if you take out those promos, right? Which is a lot to say, but if you take out those promos in ring, could you miss that show? Yeah, that was that was a yes. missable show. But this happens every November, December, because especially now that they don't have a pay per view in December. We're playing the long game to the Rumble. So I think there's going to be a few Raw shows over the, over the next two months. We'll be like, mm. but well, not, I mean, that wasn't, but, that wasn't but great. Not but not this Raw show. Not this Raw show. They had enough time. And I, I believe this wasn't, this was known before just the night of. They had a Sunday and all of Monday, not to rewrite the entire show, but to tweak a couple of things to make it a little bit faster paced for people coming in and tuning in to get to get them hooked. And then you can go back to kind of weaning them into this is what we normally do, you know, but there, there was a, they had a, a big opportunity to make that a big show. Now on paper, was it with the interviews and segments you had? Sure. Um, but I think from start to finish, you know, as you said, if you, if you take those, those bookends out, it was your average Raw show, which doesn't make it a bad show, it just makes it an average show, or and or maybe even more or maybe even for, less for, than for average because no Gunther, no Ricochet. We already talked about who else didn't wrestle. They were in the promo segments. Did Jay Jay didn't wrestle either, right? No, no. he came out. No, he came out. Cody. Yeah, I mean, so your your major players, the big Raw, guys didn't. The big guys didn't yeah. wrestle, and and your big woman. Well, no, we had a diet. Um, Fight? I'm talking about like Becky. I mean, oh. Becky's the star on that Raw brand. Well, I, I'm going to personally completely disagree with y'all. I thought that this Raw was exactly what it needed to be. You had two returns of very important people and them setting up possible storylines. The bookends that you mentioned were hell of a bookends. I mean, let's think about it. You just said Orton, Seth, Drew, Cody, Punk. 
those are hell of bookends. So I'm sorry that if they mm-hmm. couldn't get a, another good match to throw in there, it's okay. If, if, if this Raw right after War Games was like that, I'm completely fine with it. Now you add and sprinkle on that we don't have another pay-per-view until January, then this makes even more sense. I thought last night's show was exactly what it should have been, and I have no problems with it at all. All right, are you coming from a perspective of you as a fan, a hardcore fan who watches all the shows, or are you thinking that from a somebody right. who's just tuning in for the first time that's having watched? Yeah, Punk he's or talking or about that shows. person who maybe they're only AEW fans and they're tuning but in just to see Punk. Was that I don't maybe to come back? But I don't know if it maybe. Of course, I would imagine that any producer, anybody who puts on the show, they know that they have two people coming back, huge names like that, that you would probably want to be able to hook people in. So what I'm about to say might sound like I'm talking on both sides of my ass, but for me, I feel like they, I'm losing my train of thought here. Sorry. I just got a message. Still thinking about that bunk? No. No, I feel like you got got hit on it too hard. I I just got hit on it here. Um. But as far as, okay, new fans coming in to watch, yeah, you should probably produce a show that if somebody's going to come in, I know I'm going to get eyes on the show. I'm going to get eyes on the product. So you should hook them. But I don't know if I would want it to have been anything different than what I saw yesterday. I would not want another match to be in there that shows maybe showcase um, the, the great talents that y'all mentioned that didn't have a match because it's going to be overshadowed anyways by your Randy Orton, your Drew, your Seth, and your CM Punk. So to me, I think that's perfectly fine, 100%. Now, someone like Afan's coming in and the only real match he probably saw was the gauntlet match. Okay, maybe that's not going to keep him to turn back and tune back in again. But we always talk about when it comes to WWE, it's been about stories. So we have four segments that talked about stories. So to me, I completely feel like they did exactly what they were supposed to do with that show. Now, could you made tweaks? Okay, maybe, but I'm completely fine with how they produce that show. Yeah, I know the majority of feedback online was that wasn't it. The wow. majority. Yep. Wow. Feedback. Not not that it was it wasn't horrible. Nobody it saying wasn't that a bad show at all. No, yeah, it was just, just that hey, you got an opportunity to like really lock in folks that aren't maybe watching this show normally. And there was nothing special about so the then show how outside do you, of. How do you do that? I know E said maybe put in another more like a match of one of those big names that I y'all mentioned that didn't have a match. What? How else should have looked? No, I mean you could you could have done that. You could have you could have switched out a couple of matches and had your stars in it because we're we're, we're going off of only if you don't watch WWE. Typically, there was a lot of people who tuned in from what we could see. Yeah, and the ratings aren't out yet. But they don't typically watch Raw. So let me check it out because I know Punk's going to be there. That's when, like I said, you, you put out there some of your biggest names. That's what AEW would have done. And I can't wait to watch Dynamite. Yeah, we already have the, uh, the tournament matches set. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they're going to have some eyeballs on them to see how do they react to CM Punk going to WWE. And they're going to put their best foot forward. Right? And that's not to say WWE didn't. All I'm saying is you had an opportunity to maybe hook them with something and i don't know the hook was there somebody who doesn't like watch gotta, raw you got no, somebody who doesn't punk. watch raw it doesn't if you don't watch raw uh-huh. if you don't watch raw yeah what did you see on monday that's going mm-hmm. to make you watch raw next monday i saw drew and his i already know drew no I, I, no 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 i, I already saw, know okay, drew. I, saw, I saw randy come back i, I know saw that i know randy came saw, back at war games so then you can't keep moving the goalposts if i'm giving you examples then that's but those aren't examples because how about this they've been there when when CM Punk returned to AEW the first time or the second time, I don't remember a Nan single match on that show. 
I oh, remember one? Punk returning on any of them when he first came back, when he passed out. It's the, no, bars, it's, it's the same thing. He, but it's that's the but same that's what I'm thing. Saying. And, and I think they're next. To. But not really, because we talk about AEW not allowing us to breathe sometimes because they throw so much at us, and you enjoy that format. That's what we're saying WWE could have done. Not to that oh, level, man. but there's so many times where you forget you forget what happened in segment two on a dynamite because they gave us so much mm-hmm. and you don't know what's important because everything was just like awesome and great and car crash and fast paced that you're just like, whoa, hold on a second. Damn, I forgot that even happened. I, I, I just think they're being overly critical though of of Raw. Because again, I'm I'm tuning into Raw not to watch the great matches that I'm gonna see of these new people and, and highlight these other people. I'm watching Raw because I want to see the return of Randy Orton, the return of R Truth, and the return of CM Punk. But uh, the thing is, you talk so you talk about the sandwich, right? And here's funny: I was in a corporate training and I mentioned the benefit sandwich, and they called it the shit sandwich. And so me, that's what it is. Like, shit sandwich. Yeah, yeah it's shit sandwich, sandwich yeah. right? And um, and that's what you kind of got, right? You get a, a, a hot interview segment. A shit sandwich. You call him you, raw a shit sandwich. You got a you got a hot. I'm talking about not from not from Rhodesia the super fan. Oh, I'm talking about I'm talking about Joey who hasn't watched the show in years. Mm-hmm. You got this guy I know, mm-hmm. and then in the middle I got a long ass mess from guys I don't know, and they're giving me a slow storytelling match. That I have to, that I'm not particularly invested into the characters. So I'm not maybe invested in the story that they're telling me, right? Because I'm not invested in those specific characters, but you're putting them in front of me for a long period of time, right? And they had countless encounters and matches where there were guys that weren't over with the returning or new audience, right? So, so that's, that's what it is. That's, that's what people are, you know, you need to have something kind of popping for them throughout the show. We have a three hour show and mm-hmm. we're talking about you're, but you're, you're giving talking, me you're but hold on. You're, you're talking about a three hour show and you're talking about 35 minutes of it. But listen, we talk about a show and we can leave this too, but we're talking about we need to put on a showcase show. I'm talking about Raw from last night. And they gave us that. They gave us all the top heavy hitters. They gave us segments. We saw everybody. Maybe and, except for Gunter. Did we, I'm not sure if you saw Gunter. Yeah, we it, saw it, everybody. We, we, saw, we yep. saw everybody. And we saw a showcase of a gauntlet match of all the up-and-coming tag teams. I don't understand how this was not a showcase. Now, maybe it didn't um, get those people who turned on the channel that was a fan that came back to like it. But we don't know if somebody who's brand new to wrestling turned it on last night and said, Oh, actually, I do like this. They do have a lot of people. When you think of a showcase show, it's to put everybody on, get everybody airtime, and showcase what you have in talent. We saw everybody, maybe except for Becky Lynch. No, we saw I her mean, too. I, she, she got a she got a forty two second promo. Yeah, we saw we saw everybody you so, mentioned for about a total of thirty five to forty minutes of the three hour show. But but it's, and, every, and everyone tuned everybody. in. And everyone tuned in to see CM Punk, and we got them at the end of the show. And the so CM Punk part, the, I think, was the, the was tag team match that. You, as the tag team match, the tag team match that you like had DIY, who you're not in, engaged in right now. I'm not sure. Oh, how many I am. New fans am. are. Yeah, she no, she I she am. loves their thing. She loves their theme song too. I absolutely <laughs> am. Oh, I God. absolutely am. Oh, and I thought they so, were going to win until then. The Creed Brothers came in. And she she likes DIY, but she doesn't like Randy Orton. Moving on. <laughs> um, we were talking about stories and talking about AEW, and then this news broke, and MJF tweeted it, and then 
un- untweeted it. He deleted it. He said he just got an MRI and he tore his labrum in his left shoulder. He said he'd still be defending his title at Worlds and he believes in AEW. Uh, him saying he believes in AEW, maybe they completely dropped this whole contract war of 2024. Because if he didn't have a contract, I don't, don't see him saying that. He deleted yeah. that, but we do know it, it is confirmed that he does have a torn labrum and he also uh, dislocated his hip during the match and they had to pop it back in place afterwards. So he's banged up right now. Looks like he's still going to defend his title against Samoa Joe. I think they were saying on the quick end, torn labrums uh, are four to six weeks. Uh, okay. He's going to try to rehab it and not have surgery. I already thought Joe should have won the title. And then we get, you know, the, the devil uh, debut or whatever at world's end and, you know, off to the races in January telling that story. I think now you may have to pull that trigger. I, you know, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but that, that, that's a blow for them right now. I don't think he was probably going to work any wrestling matches before world's end, but hopefully he gets better quick. Uh, Cause that, that one does kind of suck. Um, it, it, it's a big time for, for AEW. There's a lot of information and E I know you wanted to bring up the QT Marshall thing. So I'll throw it to you. Uh, there's a lot of, and it's starting to make sense of why we feel like their shows are disjointed at times on TV. Cause it sounds like there's a lot of, different voices and opinions backstage and we're seeing that reflect on weekly tv so i know i know what qt tweeted he left right affected like immediately he's leaving or he's not under contract anymore well he'll fulfill um, his contract by the end of december by the end of this year he'd be completed or fulfilled his contract yeah, let me pull up an actual uh, quote. Um, but hey, Rhodesia, did you have any thoughts on the on the MJF injury? While I look this up, so I when that came out, first off, I'm speechless, and that doesn't happen often. I'm just at a loss for words. I'm nervous for AEW because we look in like the last seven months, six months. You got CM Punk leaving. You have really low attendance sales. Adam Cole gets injured when he was about to be in a prominent position spot. Adam Copeland didn't come back to what we maybe guess what we thought he was going to come to. Punk now goes back to WWE. Adam Copeland's doing just fine. He cut a (laughs) hell hell of a promo on collision. Y'all got to go back and watch that. I'm I'm sure neither one of you saw it. It's, It's on YouTube. He cut a boy. He, he did okay, a piece well, of business. Okay, well, maybe that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, but that's a, but, that's it, but it's, it's around. It's, it's with Christian. So, yes, but yep. and now you talking about MJF is being injured. Wow, I, I'm a little, I'm a little bit nervous there. I'm a little. Do bit we know? Do we know what spot injured him? The the top uh the top rope was it a Hurricane Rana? Um, the elbow I, drop. I, right? I remember seeing the move and I was like, hmm, okay, the elbow drop, right? No, that was drop? where his hip came out of place. Okay. Yeah, his shoulder was... What was it? It was, it was a top rope move, though. In the ring, not the one off the ring when he did the elbow. You're talking about uh, right. in the ring one. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. No, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for AEW just, just because of those things that I just mentioned. All the momentum is at WWE right now. I mean, I'm not nervous for MJF because I don't think he was going to wrestle. I mean, I guess he could have wrestled on TV up to this time, but as long as he can go and he can still show up to TV, mm-hmm. you're fine. Because we're talking about story, right? You can still tell the story of the Samoa Joe match. Joe can do any type of physicality to kind of tell that story thread to get us to the end of December. 
Um, so I think they'll be okay there. But I, I do know what you mean from the momentum perspective. And then do you, you have the stuff about QTE? Yeah, I do. And I, I, if he can rehab in four to five weeks, I think they can work around that. You know, mm-hmm. so hopefully, you know, he's able to come back quick, uh, soon. But so it wasn't necessarily no QT leaving. So like, uh, I actually like the idea of QT um, leaving. I thought no <laughs> QT like, the wrestler, the personality, Jesus. the QT okay. the wrestler, the personality. Yeah, I, sure. I thought you know. Um, the, I like the stuff he did with the factory. I wasn't a fan of the stuff with the QTV stuff he did here. But um, just reading something that he said here, he said the company has changed a lot since 2019 and is heading in a different direction. And I feel that as best I do the same as we only get one chance to go all in. And what I thought about was like, wow, this is QT leaving or resigning. And he was one of Tony's confidants. I know he's part of uh, the, their creative, and he's mm-hmm. leaving. And he mentioned that the show has changed since he's been in the in the company. As everyone, that was what three years ago. Everyone should change and, and and grow. But my thought is that is it growing in the right direction? Because I hear a lot of fans say that AEW has changed. It's not the same. It's not what they fell in love with anymore. And, you know, we go to the live shows and arenas, uh, you guys more recently than, than than me. But even at this last show I went to here in Georgia, it wasn't nearly at capacity as it had been year pa- years past. We've seen the attendance for Collision and some of the Dynamite shows, et cetera. So we know that the fan base um, is shrinking and maybe not as paying like they used to. I'm kind of concerned about the company. You know, like when I think about the company, you know, do, from not from a talent standpoint. I mean, mm-hmm. when he got Swerve, who's on the rise, he got MJF, who I believe has signed with the company. He still got Hangman Page, who's who's proven he's one of the he is part of the elite, right? Yep. You got Kenny Omega, you got Will Ospreay coming sometime next year. So from a, from a talent standpoint, it's not the issue. I just think from an organization standpoint, like I'm a little concerned about what's happening with them. That's why I said I'm nervous about AEW. It, and it's, it's not. That. But it's yeah, all of that, and it's, though. It's not the wrestlers. And it's just like, you know, when, he's, when he got somebody who was close, working closely with Tony Khan behind the, the, the scenes, resigning and saying the company isn't the same, and he thinks it's possibly going in, in the wrong directions. And I hear so many fans saying it's not what it used to be. I just wonder, is it going down the road of WCW? Because a lot of the backstage stuff, the lack of leadership, the lack of proper planning is what did... AWN, I'm sorry, WCW, of course, the finances, but that company was so mismanaged and lacked such leadership that it eventually just went away. And I'm just worried is AEW and Tony Khan going down a similar path? So this is what I think. I think, no, AEW's going to be around. We know that, right? AEW's going to be here for as long as they have TV and they're going to get TV. I think what the where the worrisome part comes in at is where and what are we? I'm on social media a ton, and there is a group of AEW fans that are saying AEW needs to stop being WWE light and get back to what you do. 
there's another set of fans that says, and I'm in this set of fans, we need to tell better stories and spend as much time as developing our characters as we are just putting matches together on weekly shows. Then there's another set of fans that are nothing's wrong. Everything AEW does is right. And I love it. And it can't get any better. I don't think I'm missing any segment of fans. If fans that matter, you know, there's some people who just shit on AEW, whatever. We're not talking about them. We're talking about people that actually care and want to see this company do right. While you were talking, e, I pulled up some information about the QT thing. It says, according to AEW sources, QT Marshall was not a fan of some of the shifts in AEW creative and felt the company wasn't telling great stories the way they used to. In his view, putting on a bunch of high-end, high-work-rate matches with no story or build is being like NJPW, we're told. Who allegedly saying this? QT. Got it. That's his thought. So he read his statement and talked about the vision. It's different. I'll disagree about MJPW not having stories. I completely disagree with that. I can't speak for NJPW over the last few years. I've said that before. Like since AEW's come, I haven't watched a lot of NJPW. I'll still catch every Wrestle Kingdom, but that's kind of about it. Um, I agree with the part about the high-end matches aren't enough. And I'm not saying it needs to be, and this is where like, when we talk about WWE light, I think what that fan base is saying, those segment of fans is, we don't want 20-minute in-ring promos. We don't need hokey backstage segments. I think that's what they mean by WWE light. And we know WWE has a way of telling stories. You can absolutely tell stories in the ring. My problem recently with AEW, and it sounds like we got a fight here of people backstage on what should be what, and it, and Tony Khan is going to win because he's the owner. And so the, what they were also saying was this tournament is based upon what QT doesn't like and where Tony wants to go. Telling stories during matches in the ring, i.e. a tournament like NJPW. But my issue is I don't think we are telling enough character stories find out a way for me to care about these people keith lee was on collision he worked against uh lee moriarty pretty solid match keith lee uh cuts a promo at the end of the match and says i'm tired of being the nice guy i'm tired of not getting what i want i'm coming for him and y'all know who him is who is him on on commentary they try to make it seem like it was it it better not be um, mjf no, uh, on commentary, I knew you. No, he's busy that. already. <laughs> it better not be MJF. Um, they were talking about being Shane Taylor because that feud never finished. Oh, yeah. But then okay. I'm going to look at that and say, he's probably talking about Swerve, right? I mean, we still wait yeah, for that to finish. We, we never too. finished that. We yep. never finished that. That's what I mean by like stories. Like, what is, why is Keith Lee doing this? We know, like, Swerve has a story right now and he is off to the races mjf has a story adam cole so they 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 do have people that are telling stories but some of these matches they just put on i don't care if it was an incredible match on its own because it doesn't matter 
Like, okay, great. That was a great match. You're going to give me great matches. But I want to know why should I care about that match? And then I also want to know, okay, you had a great match on Wednesday. When's the next time I'm going to see you? Am I going to see you and it's going to be a follow-up next Wednesday? Or are we not going to even mention this match again until three weeks later where now you're wrestling somebody else or you're in a random backstage segment just to set up a match on Rampage or on Collision that Saturday? That is, I think, the crux of their issues for TV. You get people hot, people are going to start paying for your product. I know we're going to skip it because uh, we're running out of time, but I know one, one of the questions you kind of had was, like, what do we like better between uh, Survivor Series and Full Gear? We're, we can maybe even come back to that, but what I can tell you is we were at Dynamite last Wednesday, and we were also at SmackDown on Friday. And there was a stark contrast in crowds. Two years ago, three years ago, AEW was the party. AEW was the hot ticket. AEW was the cool kid. When you went to an AEW show, I said it was like the difference of listening to your favorite musician on the best speaker system you could find, which was WWE, or it was listening to your favorite artist at a live concert. That was AEW. It is completely different now. The feeling of a and yes, it's Chicago, and it was summer, It was Survivor Series weekend, but I, I'm only talking about uh, SmackDown. I'm not talking about Survivor Series. The feeling in that arena, in Allstate Arena, was 10 times the energy. And yeah, you're talking difference also of 5,000 people I'll compared say, to 17,000 people. people. Yeah, or triple people in that case, yeah. But that's, whose fault is that? Oh, yeah, right. For sure. For sure. Because even if they sold out, we can get 11,000 people in the Rent Trust Arena. So 11 to 17 is still... All right, we can have that conversation. It was just, it's, it wasn't the same. It, it wasn't the same. And for me, who have, has gone to every single AEW show that's been in Chicago, we've flown into Vegas and all this other stuff to kind of see where they are now. It is a little disheartening because I just feel like, what are we doing? Can I, I want them to write the ship. We know how much competition helps. And I didn't watch uh, Collision until today, just how busy we were this past weekend. And it wasn't a missable show because it had some really good matches on it. But if I missed it, I would have only missed good matches. Well, I wouldn't have missed. I wouldn't have missed like, yeah, Hopefully. yeah. But I wouldn't have missed something where it's like, okay, I got to keep watching Collision because if you don't watch Collision, you are going to be completely lost on the happenings. And I think they got to get to that. That was what Dynamite used to be. Every single week is like, man, you miss Dynamite. Good luck catching up because holy hell, was that an incredible show. And they just got to get back to that identity, but they got to figure out what that identity is. And it sounds like it's going to be sports-centric and telling stories in wrestling matches. When you, um, I saw that thing about QT resigning. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he a Cody guy anyway? Oh, yeah. yeah. But he was also oh, a TK mm-hmm. guy. He was That's also what, a TK but guy. Orig- yeah, but originally, were- though, he was down with Cody. And yeah. to me, I when Cody left, I just knew it was just a matter of time of QT leaving. Um, I know he mentioned he did like 754 mats. I'm assuming that's like maybe scripts or sh- I don't want to say shows because that's like a lot of shows, but 754 mats that's under his belt. I mean, maybe this is a great thing. Not a maybe. This is a good thing. I mean, the only thing in con- the only constant in life is change and let him go do something else. We said that we wanted AEW to have maybe better writing or 
some writing or something different, maybe maybe that could be the start, the, the jump start of creating a new creative team. And maybe we can get what they're trying to achieve, which is like you said, telling these stories in the ring, but just in a way that's true to them, because evidently maybe they don't want to be WWE light. Maybe that they, they just want to tell these great stories in the, in the ring. And there's a place for that. They just have to do it to the point where for the people who really enjoy it, they're not going to lose them. And I know your business, you want to keep growing. Um, that is the plan, but right now there's kind of an identity crisis there. I think definitely the company needs to settle in and understand that uh, there's no war. There's no war. Um, WWE's on a whole another level. They're on a whole different vibe. AEW can't catch up. And they shouldn't have to worry. They shouldn't worry about that. They should settle in being the number two company in the business right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, there's, and they should focus on being an alternative for the people who want that. Because there are still people who prefer that style over WWE. But I, as Bat said, they need to, they need to understand what brought them to the dance. Like, right. What made us fall in love with, with AEW in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like what, what made that, that product red hot, get back to the basics and then build from that. But here's the reason why I'm just concerned. I just don't think the people that are inside the company are capable of making the necessary changes and adjustments to right in the ship. Because when you keep constantly seeing attendance going down and you got another red hot program, I think it's just going to be a matter of time to where, you know, we start seeing you no know, dynamite maybe because, you know, a year or so ago, they were at least giving us close to a million. Like right now we're, they're, they're lucky to break 800 barely, you know, they're celebrating doing 600. You got Rampage. I don't know what they're doing. I think they're doing 300 sometimes. And you got these empty arenas. It's just not going down uh, the, the correct road. And I don't know if people involved understand exactly what's happening or how to make adjustments. And I don't want AEW to go away. I want it to, to flourish. I want it to do well. Like, hey, be number two. Like, it's, it's, it's the LeBron and MJ conversation. There's nothing wrong with LeBron James being number two. And we all know Michael Jordan is number two, and there's nothing wrong with Jordan being number two. It is, yeah, nothing, it is nothing, nothing wrong with, with you being, being number two to LeBron James. There's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing wrong. Right? Actually, actually you, everybody's number two to Tony Kukoc, but that's just on NBA Jam. So, Oh, man. Uh, Big Bill brought up Tony Kukoc in a promo. <laughs> That's for real. He sure did. Um, uh, one thing I want to do, and not now, maybe in the future, because I think we really need to take some time to think about this. We need to come back and talk about what is different from AEW then and now. And just from first initial thinking in my head, I don't think there's that much of a difference. I just think that the shock and all we got in the very beginning is already kind of stale to us. Not stale. I'm just using that word for a lack of words right now. But I think we should come back to this and say, hey, from when it first came out, when it was first debuted, what is really different? And that could actually also be the thing too. It's not really different, and you're supposed to grow in time. But I want us or to come back and talk just, about that. Yeah, I mean, no, I think that's a good one. We can maybe even do that on Sunday. No, I the think, honeymoon but, stage is over. Well, yeah. it, more than that that's though. For sure. But more, that's right? For sure. But the, what I'm saying, the, but the, okay, the honeymoon stage is over. But man, that mistress who was <laughs> 800 pounds and never took a shower, <laughs> that woman. Got on a weight loss plan. She's taking showers every day. She got on perfume. She looking mighty fine. And that's WWE. WWE sucked 
when AEW. But that's lost. what I'm saying. We need to really come back and think about that, like in totality. Like, is there really a difference with with the product of AEW, not the other factors that we got going on? But it ha- is there really a difference there? And I don't think we can answer just right now in the next five minutes. So we should bring that back. Yeah, we'll talk about that on Sunday for sure. Um, so we'll see. With now us kind of hearing the whole QT thing and their thought process, the timeline is really making sense of what we're seeing. I said the tournament is right now. The tournament is going to take us to December 30th. Um, and then that's going to take us to the next saga of MJF, Adam Cole. But if you look at it and right now we were to say, hey, give us real world answer if somebody said right now and we, we can do this right now and we can wrap the show after that and then we can even come back and deep deep dive it on sunday if you guys want to so e you got one thing that you or you can say even two one or two things that aw needs to do to figure out their identity what is that yeah you know i can't think uh, i i think it's a complicated uh answer for me but i know one thing that would improve things for me is them is them simpl- simplify their their championships? They got too many goddamn championships. It never matter. That's a big I'm one. Thinking of, I'm thinking of the start stop continue. The first thing was again the refs just doing your job. But of course that's just superficial. Um, AW as a whole, I just have to. If you're not going to give me storylines that's going to keep me tuning in every week, then the psychology of matches has to be to the point where it's for me as a fan kind of high pace, a good a good pace, I should say, but not to the point where, again, you have Darby taking a clothesline or taking a bookend to the apron and then he falls onto a bed of tacks. Like, like that got to, like, slow down. Like, it's okay if you do that here and there. It just makes sense, the, the, the actual wrestling itself. Even if you want to be high pace, it just got to make sense. If this person, any other person would have, like, died or had to go to the hospital for it, let that simmer. Let that be the end of the match. So better ring psychology. Mine's is just, just make me figure out a, for me to, if they're on my television, give me to care about them. Mm. And it's not them doing a six thirty splash heading to a commercial. That's number one. Number two, nail this devil storyline. If <laughs> this devil storyline does not finish and we are like, <laughs> They did that? Woof. But we might not get it. They did that. I mean, hey, but you know what? Many options. Do y'all care about that storyline? But that's the point that I'm making. I do care a lot about it. No, for sure. But there's not really, I don't think I'm going to get surprised. No, it's not about being surprised. No, even if it's cold, you're like, awesome. But if it's Jack Perry, some people (laughs) think the laugh from Dynamite sounded like Jack Perry. If it's Jack Perry, or even if it's Roddy Strong as the devil. Now, if it's Roddy Strong threw Adam Cole, okay, cool. But say if it's just Jack Perry, I don't think that goes over the best. No, you know, I think the reason why I'm not that interested in it is because I don't think that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a satisfying payoff. That I could think be it for you, yeah. I think that it's Adam Cole. Or, but I think if it's anybody other than Adam Cole, I'm going to be disappointed. And... With that in mind, it's almost like it's too obvious as Adam Cole. 
like right so it was either like it's like I even know after full control. gear huh where he tried to help mjf he was there he didn't turn you still think it's like super obvious now take off your i've been watching this for decades just what what they're presenting to you you still think that's like a, oh that's common sense is adam cole well, you know, if I, if I do some 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 sleuthing, some sleuthing right? Because take off the wrestling hat. You know, ah, I, so watched, I watched Scooby Doo. Headbutts and sleuthing. <laughs> yeah, some sleuthing. I watched Scooby Doo all my life, so I know how to unmask some some. And they would have got away bad with guys. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, I know how to unmask some bad guys. And we've never seen. We haven't. We've never. We've only seen the devil on a TV screen. Right. So, you know, we and, and if you look at WWE TV, you know, Nakamura's cutting these promos. And he's showing right up. And he's showing up right behind <laughs> right him at every damn time, right? So yep. we know that's that can happen, right? So um, it, it just seems like it's, it's, it's Adam Cole's story. It will make sense to where, where they're going. Um, and, and if it's not, I can't look on that roster and say, like, oh, it's him. Right? The only, I, actually, I, I just came to my mind right now. The only person that it can be that I would legit pop and be excited for is if it's Swerve. That's the only person in the company right now that they have that I would be excited for. And I don't think it's him, and I think they could have pivoted, but he's in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, that's the... But I would agree with that. Um, so then, uh, also then, so then, like, my, my 2B, because that's 2A, the first is getting me to care about the wrestlers. Two is the uh, devil storyline. Three is rapping this MJF storyline. How does Warlow come into play with this? Like what you've said, you know, numerous times, he's got like six or seven people after him. I love that because that's the way all champions should have to deal with it. But they, it has to rap. Great. It needs to rap in December. So that's that. Um, what else y'all got? Y'all ready to rap? Y'all ready to get out of here and hit this thing again on Sunday? Or y'all got something else? Yeah, on Sunday we could also talk about two, um, I would say Victor, oh my God, Triple H Hunter's comments on Jade Cargill at the Scrum. So we'll probably talk about that just really quickly on Sunday's show. Yeah, basically saying she ain't learned shit. Okay, th- actually, there we go. We, we've had it. Topic completed. <laughs> no, 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 because we gotta we gotta talk about if we agree, we disagree. Okay, like we'll we, we gotta have that conversation. Yeah, he said that at the uh, at the scrum that no fault of her own. Basically, she ain't ready. Yeah. When they asked like where is she at and when we we're gonna see her, so we'll definitely have that conversation. Um. All right. So then we can get on up out of here. Thank you guys for listening to the TFW podcast. We already talked about the socials. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to check us out. Hit that follow button on the device you are looking at right now. Leave us some five stars. Do all that kind of good stuff. We appreciate it. Love you guys, and we will see you on Sunday.